Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. First game. There we go. It is a numbers game right here at Visa the Sports Betting Network. Visa.com, the Visa app, Fobo, Slate, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Hope you all are doing well. We'll work on the intro next time. I promise. We'll get it. We'll get that together. Uh, it's Gil Alexander, Jeffrey Parlay, producer number five, producer number eight here as well. The Grover Cleveland of producers. How you doing, Jeffrey? You good? Do, do, doing great. Doing great, Gil. We have a very, I don't know, mediocre football game tonight. Guess the way you can put it? We got to talk about that. Uh, in fact, let's talk about it at the top here. Bill Krakenberger, though, he's on the show. Hour number two today. Unscripted with the crack man in studio. Bill fighting his germophobia coming in studio. He'll be here. Mark Borcher usually is with us on Friday. He'll be with us today to talk baseball. Can't make it tomorrow. So uh, we've got to talk about everything in Major League Baseball. The Dodgers on the brink. Dodgers on the brink. Borcher has been pretty spot on about everything. Uh, he, had the, uh, he had the Braves plus one and a half games in this series. That's already a cashed bet. Not graded yet, but he'll get the money. He did have the Red Sox plus one and a half. That remains to be seen if that will go down. One of the things we didn't give him credit for was the Dodgers win in game number three, where he said he took the Braves in the first five, Braves plus a half run in the first five, and then he said, and then the Dodgers will come back and win it. That was proved to be dead on uh, with Cody Bellinger. I have so much to say about the Dodgers, though. Uh, we'll talk about that with Borchard later. And Todd Wright, fantasy football, with some fantasy football thoughts coming up. Um, and Jeff and I with our power rankings of the National Football League. That got a lot of response last week, Jeff. Uh, our top tens, which 
the exercise here has been interesting because we do it on primetime action. Kelly Bidlin, Matt Brown, and I do it. We had the exact same 10 teams in our top 10 just shuffled differently. And we'll see if Jeff and I have the same 10 teams in our top 10, if perhaps shuffled differently as well. First, though, as you mentioned at this game tonight, between the Browns and the Broncos, my goodness, what do you do with this football game? First of all, Teddy Bridgewater is a go, is a go for the Denver Broncos. Uh, That according to the latest reports this morning from Kevin uh, Patre, expected to start battling through foot and quad injuries. So in a game uh, between two, three, and three teams, uh, Bridgewater is a go. Drew Locke, sorry, got to still stay on the bench. By the way, it was first reported by the NFL Network's James Palmer, I should say. So there was some doubt about that, but Teddy's a go. Now the Browns, this is the latest on the Browns. So we already know that Baker Mayfield is out. And really, come on, how could you, again, with the torn labor? I don't care if it's your non-throwing shoulder. Stop with the, but you're going to play. I know, Baker, you're superhuman. We get it. You're not playing. Um... There's no Nick Chubb. There's no Kareem Hunt. So none of their two uh, two starting quarterbacks, one, uh, starting running backs, one and one A, if you will, will be in this game. DeErnest Johnson. DeErnest Johnson here on TNT. He gets the start. DeErnest Johnson is your starting running back. Also out, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. He is out for the game. Here are the players listed questionable for the Browns. Odell Beckham Jr., Jadavian Clowney, right tackle Jack Conklin, Defensive tackle Malik Jackson, linebacker Malcolm Smith, center J.C. Treader. Oh, I'm not done. Left tackle Jedrick Wills and linebacker Mac Wilson. Now, um, not noted on the final injury report because techni- technically he's still on IR is Jarvis Landry. Landry uh, was designated from, you know, is designated for return from injured reserve at some point, but was not activated last week. Cleveland has until 4 p.m. today to say if they're going to play Jarvis Landry. But we do have now a couple updates on a couple of these guys. So James Palmer, who also did that story about Bridgewater playing, he is now reporting that Landry likely will return tonight. Beckham unlikely, Landry likely. So we we should see Jarvis Landry, according to that report, uh, probably activated off IR by 4 p.m. today. The other guy on that whole laundry list, first of all, we know Conklin is out, pretty much confirmed. But Jedrick Wills will play off the questionable. So there's there's good questionable and there's bad questionable. In terms of good questionable, it looks like Jedrick Wills will play. So at least there's that with his ankle injury. But Conklin out, and of course we know Vaughn Miller's on the other side of the uh, line of scrimmage. So not good that only one of these guys is definitely coming back. So what do you do with this then, Jeff? Browns are two-point favorites. It's Case Keenum, and Case Keenum... For those wondering, again, 2016 had a uh, had some had some run. His real big year, of course, was 2017 with the Vikings, where he was just phenomenal all season long. Was the author of the Minnesota Miracle to Stephon Diggs in the postseason against the New Orleans Saints. Then he played with Washington in 2018. Washington was one in seven in games where he was behind center, though he played, you know, aight. But since the 2018 season. He's thrown less than 20, fewer than 20 passes in the National Football League. So, veteran, yes. But there's some ring rust here on Case Keenum, so I don't know what we what you can really expect. I, most people think you'll get a pretty credible performance from a guy who's a veteran. But again, if you haven't played in a few years, I don't know. 
Do you stay as far away from this as possible, Jeff? I guess is the question. The total down to 41. This is an extraordinarily tough game to handicap because I think the Broncos are completely fraudulent. That's really what the the biggest thing that we've learned the last three weeks. That 3-0 and record was because they played three of the five worst teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And for Cleveland, as we discussed a little bit yesterday, they are last year's 49ers at the moment. That's great, the comparison great, I make. Great expectations, just get eviscerated by injuries that derails the season. They are st- look. They're still in it. They're three and three. If you win tonight, you're four and three. You're squarely in the playoff race. May not be able to catch Baltimore in the AFC North, but if you can't, so be it. But I would, I would only look to play the Browns here, Gil. Mm-hmm. That would be the only thing I'd look to do because I just, I just don't like the Broncos. I don't think they're any good. And there still is enough talent on the defensive side of the ball for the Browns. And losing a Usakor Mo is a big deal for them. But they still have Miles Garrett, who I think will be able to wreak havoc in that backfield and against that passing game against the Broncos tonight. 41 is the total. And, you know, we haven't gotten that Thursday night football clunker yet. Um, you know how bad some of these games have been in past years. This could be that game. This could be one of those games where you're like, oh, this is just terrible football. Um, what do you imagine the percentage of people who will actually even play this in a contest? It's already a bad week for the contest. 13 games with six buys. You know, three of them are big double digits. One teeters on double digits. Then you have a couple others that are near a touchdown favorite. So you really have only seven games with short spreads, shortish spreads, this being one of them. But I wonder if people, to what degree, play this game tonight. Not sure. Uh, as far as baseball, what do you say about the Dodgers? Let's start there. The Dodgers now on the brink down three games to one with game five today. And it's a bullpen situation for the Dodgers. And I just keep getting back to the the Davy Roberts mismanagement of all of this. Borchard had the best line in the last, or maybe for the, throughout the whole postseason on this. If you're going to be the Tampa Bay Rays, then be the Tampa Bay Rays for the entire season. Don't just show up in the playoffs and manage differently. And the Dodgers have, uh, I'll go back to the to game five against the Giants. Everybody, you know, most people left that, oh, Scherzer got the, got the Giants down as he was, you know, likely to do. No, he, w- he didn't have his stuff. He didn't have his stuff. He got away with getting away with getting through the Giants. Again, his only swinging strike was the called botched swinging strike on Wilmer Flores. Late night Lamont actually laced one into right field. It could have been very different. Brandon Crawford went oppo pretty, pretty strongly. So they got away with that. But they probably killed Scherzer for game two of this series. And the usage of Julio Arias in the eighth inning, what was it, game two? kind of crushed him yesterday. He was so fried yesterday in that game, and Roberts just left him in. So I I completely agree with... By the way, this also applies to the Red Sox using Evaldi late. The Red Sox had such an advantage, not only in the series against the Astros, up two games to one at that point, but had had the Astros pitching core on the ropes... And then they managed to give them a lifeline by doing the whole thing with the Ovaldi. I, I don't I don't understand. You'll have to explain to me, Jeff. Why did the Red Sox and Dodgers, two teams that do not play baseball this way, right? They're not the Rays. Why did they decide to change so drastically in the postseason? And especially in the case of the Dodgers, it makes I'll ask Borcher the same question later. It makes no sense to me. And in the end, could prove, at least in the Dodgers case, 
the, the, the Red Sox might just get beat by a better baseball team ultimately. But in the Dodgers' case, could prove to be their, their undoing and their demise as early as today. Panic? Panicking? I mean, that's the well, only— What are you panicking about? No, well, that's, that's the only explanation that I can come up with that makes any sense. Uh, let's go back. The, the NLDS, I think you just managed it wrong. Period, end of story. I don't think it was a panic. Game two, I think, was a panic in this series because he lost Scherzer earlier than he anticipated. And if he didn't lose Scherzer earlier than anticipated, he could have gone with his bullpen in normal order. Trinan had just given up the walk-off hit in game one. I don't know. I would have just gone with my regular set of bullpenning if I were the Dodgers. Game four, putting Evaldi in. And, yes, I understand that Laz Diaz missed a strike call. That would have ended the inning. Maybe. 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 But, Gil, that move very easily could be the difference in this series, even more so than Urias in the Dodgers series. Though I will say this, and, and let's let's be honest. The the Red Sox thing with Evaldi, when it, while it was happening, I wasn't as outraged by it, But the Dodgers thing is not armchair quarterbacking. The Dodgers thing from game five of that division series against the Giants. I'm like, what is he doing? That that was in the moment, you know, while it was happening in all the case with with the Dodgers. And right now, the proverbial pick your sports cliche back against the wall, do or die situation, must win situation. You play the Braves tonight? You think they close them out? I do, yes. No Turner now, in addition to no Muncie. Best starting pitcher on their staff going tonight, Max Freed. Yeah. Max Freed against the bullpen game for the Dodgers. We'll come back. Uh, Jeff and I, our NFL Power Rankings Top 10. This should be fun and interesting, as always. We'll come back. VEASAN's A Numbers Game. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today 
on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Football season is here, and it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We have screens on here at the South Point. I am uh, distracted like a dog at all times looking at these screens. Uh, Tom Selleck can sell me anything. I will buy it. And that Kaylee Coco Smirnoff commercial is uh, enjoyable as well. Just want to point out those two things. Um, you said this before the show, Jeff, which I loved because it it was a uh, a continuation of our conversation yesterday about the notion of spots, letdown spots, and sandwich spots. So uh, last night, letdowns, letdown spots for the Raptors. That was a pretty big letdown spot for them. Uh, I guess the Magic also had a letdown spot. Um, yeah, pretty poor. The Raptors, what was that? Well, look, uh, even though Dan Bespris, Trudinsic, myself all like that over, Drew made a very valid point that if that team is not ready to play and things go awry, it could get very ugly very quickly there in Toronto. So, just look, it's night one of the NBA season. We don't want to overreact to anything. Uh, other than the fact that the Orlando Magic might be the worst team in the league this year, even worse than Houston <laughs> and Oklahoma City. We don't want to overreact, but they're uh, but, the worst they, team I've ever but seen. But that's the, only, that's the only one that I would uh, possibly overreact to. You know my biggest takeaway from last night please. in the NBA? Yes. John Morant is so unbelievably good right now Yeah. that if he played on a team that was better and was really in the playoff race, he would probably be looked at like I look at Trey Young of being a legitimate MVP candidate. Wizards on pace for 82-0. Is that good? It's good. Wizard, Wizards doing it with, like, no size whatsoever. Like, all their bigs are shooters, it feels like. I guess actually Moore is not playing. But generally what they're doing is with no size. But former, you know, it's like the Laker parade. Kuzma had 15 boards last night for the Wizards. What was that? Anyway, 82-0. Here we go. All right, let's do power rankings, Jeff. Who's got honors, me or you? It's, it's your show, Gil. You got the honors. Mm, that doesn't mean I have the honors. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, power rankings, top 10 National Football League. Now, remember the highlights, if you will. Not all of highlights, but the headlines for my power ratings last week were the fact that I had the Chargers number one. Ooh, that didn't age well. But I did have the Titans number nine. That did age well. So, basically, here's the shift now. We'll go to this week's power rankings. And I'm just talking about how I feel about these teams on a neutral right now. The Chiefs remain at number 10 for me. So the Chiefs, even in victory over the Washington football team, there was nothing about their performance there that made me want to elevate them or drop them. Yes, they win the game, but Patrick Mahomes still has a bad pick. 
defense is still horrible. Seriously, watch the one Washington touchdown. Watch the tape of that touchdown, their only touchdown in that game. There are two Washington wideouts clear beyond the Kansas City defense. You never see anything like it. It's like they had invisible cloaks going through the defense, and then they're like, oh, we probably cover those guys. Um, and, and Taylor Heineke had his choice. So Kansas City remains number 10. Now, the team that dropped out of the top 10 is the Cleveland Browns. Because with all the injuries that, that we just discussed last segment, they are the Niners from last year. You get to a point where you cannot overcome injuries anymore. And with the Browns, it is just cluster after cluster. So they're out of the top 10, partially not through any fault of their own. Maybe mostly through not any part, uh, fault of their own. So Baltimore was the beneficiary of that. I, I took them from 11 last week up to 9. They obviously crushed the charge. I'm not going to overreact on any one week from the previous week's rankings. Titans move up from 9 to 8. Packers move up from 8 to 7. Cowboys move up from 7 to 6. Still refuse to put the Cowboys in the top 5. But they're getting there. So really that whole that whole 6 to 10 is just the Browns dropping out, the Ravens going in, and then everybody else really elevating one, except for the Chiefs who remain at 10. Then the top 5. The Rams remain at number five, again, much like with the Chiefs' win over Washington. I don't know what we learned about the Rams and their win over the Giants, other than Daniel Jones still loose with the football. And so the Chargers do drop from one to four. Some might argue I should drop them further. I'm not willing to do that. The Chargers are a tough one to rank because with the volatility of Brandon Staley's fourth down decision-making, you're going to have some really bad-looking outcomes Though I would argue they got crushed comprehensively, period. It had nothing to do with the fourth down risky calls this past week. So Chargers drop all the way to four. And yes, I know Baltimore crushed them and Baltimore's nine and the Chargers are four. But I'm not going to overreact from one week's rankings to the other. Arizona up to three. Tampa Bay up to two. Buffalo up to one, even in defeat. So the Chargers had to drop significantly. And one to four, pretty significant in my rankings. But all those other teams, sort of like the six to ten and the one to five, worked the same way for me. The five and the ten remained where they were as placeholders. And then everybody else, the Chargers dropped in the one through five. Everybody elevated one spot. The Browns dropped out in the six for ten. Ravens got in and everybody else elevated one spot. You, same ten teams reshuffled? Jeffrey Parlay? We have the same teams in a different order. There it is. And I think at this point, you and I were discussing this last night. Uh, via text, I do 11 or 12. Once you get past 10, it's a pretty significant drop-off, at least to me, to 11. There's a cliff after that. Which I have as the Raiders as my 11th. The I think Bengals, I had the Bengals as the my Bengals 11th. are the other team yeah. that I w- would consider in that, but it's a giant difference. So let's look at this list uh, for me here, and it is a new number one as well. I have Arizona up to the top spot after they're thrashing a Cleveland and Look, it took me a while to buy them, and I understand that Cleveland falling out of both of our top tens, it's injury-related more than anything. But that game, the only reason that game said you had a thought like, oh, maybe Cleveland might have a shot here, was because of a fluky Hail Mary. Other than that, Mm -hmm. that was an utter evisceration where Arizona was so clearly better than a Browns team in their own building. Yes, I know the Browns were battered. But that's still a game where if you're not quite ready to take the leap, you mess around and could lose that game. And Arizona didn't have their head coach. Yeah. Should no be noted. Cliff Kingsbury, no Chandler Jones, who's arguably their best pass rusher. That defense is legitimately great at Ari- this rate. The two most eye-opening wins of this season, it could be argued, are both Arizona wins. Their thrashing of the Browns and their beatdown of the Rams. 
So you, if they're not in your top three, I mean, they have to be your top yes. three for sure. At worst, number three for them. Yep. You could even argue that week one win against Tennessee in retrospect looks Maybe incredible so. now because that game was never competitive. Uh, going back to the list, the Rams move up to number two. I, I know beating the Giants isn't the most impressive thing, but that was another one that after the first six minutes, total beat down. And I, I trust McVay. I think that defense is still top five in the league. Uh, and that's why those teams are ahead of Dallas, who they didn't move in my rankings. Mike McCarthy is going to be the downfall of this team at some point. He will be. It's going to happen. So Dallas in at number three. Buffalo falls from two to four. Even in defeat, they fall less than the Chargers. Again, I think the reason that I have the Bills one slot ahead of the Chargers, who I have at number five, it's the kicking game. Tyler Bass is really good, that, and Viscano is a bad kicker. The Chargers need to clean that up. Cannot be emphasized enough, because we talk about it on this show. We don't make enough about field goal kickers. That is the Chargers' bugaboo. They just, and by the way, it's their franchise history bugaboo. They can never get it right. And clearly they have no confidence in Viscano, and probably justifiably so. Absolutely. Chargers fall to five. I, I Look, I don't want to... Originally, when I was going through this, I had them all the way down to eight, but that felt too excessive to move them seven slots on one result. So, uh, to me, five through eight, there's really no difference between the Chargers, who I have at five, Tampa, who I have at six, Baltimore, who I have at seven, and Green Bay, who I have at eight. I think if you put any of those teams in that order, you could sell me on it, but that's the order that I'm going with the Chargers, just because the fourth down variance, we knew this game was coming at some point. Get oh, yeah. Where they were gonna we get, did destroyed the fourth downs weren't going to hit it's still going to be closer to a 60 percent play on those fourth downs so few comments one matt brown kelly bidlin and i on primetime action and now you here on a numbers game all four of us had the same 10 teams in our power rankings just reshuffled how many years do you think we could have gone six weeks into an nfl season and have four guys have the exact same 10 teams in the top 10 of the power rankings maybe one maybe ever Maybe Before, one. <laughs> and what does that tell us? That tells us that we talk about this in baseball all the time, the ever-increasing widening of the gap between the haves and the have-nots, the chasm that, that, it, that there is in baseball. Well, maybe this is just an incremental widening of it in football, but it's happening. Like Pete Rozelle's dream of parity any given Sunday, sure. I mean, listen, I had the Rams against the Jets last year, so you can't tell me it's not there on any given Sunday. But I would argue the parity is less now, and it is decreasing. And yes, there's a cliff after 11 or 12, because then what do you get into the Saints and the Panthers of the world? You know, if we did this from the bottom up, 32 would be the Texans. But if 32 Texans, 31 Jaguars, 30 Jets, the bottom three is pretty clear. Giants aren't in there? Miami is probably in there. Miami's as well. the most surprising yeah. of the bunch in terms of what we thought of preseason. Miami would be the one team where you'd be like, huh? And the 500 team, or better, that's the worst in power rankings, probably the Chicago Bears for me at 3-3, three and three, way down the list. It's interesting to go through this. It does give you some sense of where you should think about these teams on a week-to-week basis with spreads. Although this week, week 7, it didn't help at all. Trust me on that. A little fantasy talk with Todd right next. The numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NBA season has already tipped off, but there's still time to grab your copy of the VSIN Pro Basketball Betting Guide. It has strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, including 
Our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, provides strategy and advice, as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. The Digital Guide is a must-have. Give yourself a betting edge this season and get your copy now for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. He's the greatest radio host there ever was, ladies and gentlemen, when he hosted all night with Todd Wright back at uh, ESPN Radio, back in the day, as they like to say, uh, in the 90s and aughts. Um, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, he now houses Todd Wright Fantasy Football Podcast, where he has so generously uh, answered questions about fantasy football through the years for numbers games uh, listeners at Todd Wright Fantasy Football at gmail.com. It's Todd Wright, everybody. How you doing? And good morning, Gil Alexander. How are you? I'm doing very well. We always start our segment because I have I have a couple macro fantasy questions this week, which I would love to uh, to get your your insight on. But as always. Producer number five and eight, Jeff Parlay, has a question for you based on his fantasy team. Jeffrey, Todd, good morning as always. Uh, the uh, the one I'm the one I'm going after today. It has been a very heavy trade offer week in one of my leagues, where it felt it felt like every single owner has offered me a trade of some sort. But the one that stands out to me is D, is someone is offering me Debo Samuel for a package uh, that that revolves Joe Mixon going the other way. But I want to ask you about Debo, though, as a whole, and the Niners receivers as a whole, with Kittle out and questions at quarterback. How do you evaluate the San Francisco pass catchers because of all those question marks going forward? It's tough to evaluate anything with the Niners because I invested heavily um, in one of my leagues this year with the Niner running game. I drafted Mostert and I drafted Sermon. And then later on on waivers, I picked up Eli Mitchell. And it's just been a mess. The only consistent thing for the Niners to this point in the season has been Debo Samuel. He went into last week's bye as my wide receiver three for the season. And even without a game, I still show him as wide receiver six for the season, only behind Cup Hill, Mike Williams, Jamar Chase, and Hollywood Brown. It's up to you. I mean, Mixon plays hurt. That's always a good sign. The only other Bengal putting up numbers is Jamar Chase. You have to decide, Jeff, if you feel that other owner is trying to sell high on Debo Samuel. And if you agree he's trying to sell high on him, you don't give up Joe Mixon, even though Mixon right now is not, no, he's he's RB9. So you'd be getting the equivalent of an RB, uh, of a wide receiver 3-4 for an RB9, but it feels like a sell high from the other owner to me. And remember, Jeff, if someone ever gives you an offensive trade offer, send them back an equally offensive, if not worse. Offensive trade offer. I don't think this is offensive. Well, as no, other ones not this one. On yeah, correct. Not this one. But Jeff just Jeff does trigger something, which is one of the bigger questions about a huge bye week like this. We have six teams on bye. It doesn't get any bigger than this. You even referred to it as bymageddon. And so it involves teams or fantasy owners who, in many cases, are just depleted of players because they just happen to have the bad luck. Maybe they didn't anticipate it. Maybe they they didn't think about it during their draft, whatever the case, where they're like, oh, no, I've got to pick up players. And that requires them to cut players, maybe players that they don't want to cut. So how do you handle this? You have a creative way of handling this. Right. I I equate it to uh, an NFL team with the opening day roster, trying to sneak a guy through waivers and then get him on the practice squad. Um, yeah. So watch for fantasy owners this week who have uh, no backup kicker, no backup quarterback, or are short at the flex position. So they're cutting a player they don't want to cut and hoping he sneaks through 
until next week. So if you look closely at the waiver wires this week, and I know we're already a couple days into it, you might see players that you're surprised to ultimately see there. Here's how I got around that this week, because I really needed a running back. Now, on one of my teams, I'm fortunate that I play at my pass catching positions, wide receiver, wide receiver, and wide receiver, tight end flex. I have Devontae Adams, I have DeAndre Hopkins, and I have DJ Moore. So I've had no reason to play Dalton Schultz. And obviously the optics of the Dallas Cowboy offense are very impressive. And Schultz is a downfield tight end, not as much as Knox um, in Buffalo, but he's a high profile downfield tight end on a Cowboy team that's always on national television. So instead of me cutting Dalton Schultz to pick up a lesser running back on waivers, I traded Dalton Schultz this week for Leonard Fournette, who was on a team in my league where Fournette doesn't play every week because that owner had had four strong running backs. And for what it's worth, Fournette was RB3 in my settings last week. He's fifth overall in red zone touches. And since Gronk went out, as much as Evans, Fournette is the go-to guy for the Buccaneers in the red zone when it comes to getting the football. So that's the way I got around it. Rather than give up somebody for nothing, I made a trade and got someone of better value. I love that. I love that. I wonder what percentage of people out there hearing that will actually pay heed to that and act on that. That's a great uh, That's a great move on a week like this where you might want to uh, try to get something for uh, it, it might want to get something for for a player that you otherwise wouldn't have just by cutting him, which brings up another sort of big point. We'll do it through the through the prism of Derrick Henry. One, just how impressive is Derrick Henry? It's it's sort of obvious to folks, but you can quantify it for us. And then that brings up a bigger question of fantasy owners talking about matchups going into a game. I'll let you explain. Sure. Well, as we talked about on Monday's primetime action when Henry had the 76-yard touchdown and totally changed the landscape of that slow-moving Monday night game, he has this rare Tyreek Hill fantasy quality. In one play, I told you, Gil, Derrick Henry became RB15. Had he only had that one play, he was RB15 for week six. Uh, He justifies his spot in the lineup with a 76-yard touchdown run, just as a Tyreek Hill would uh, would with a 76-yard touchdown catch. He's number one overall in my scoring settings. The next 10 are quarterbacks, and then comes Cooper Cup as the number one pass catcher. Henry has touched the ball 178 times this season and added a two-point conversion. So he's touching the ball essentially 30 times per game, and I value players that touch the ball in fantasy and all the opportunities that it gives them. Uh, Henry was facing one of the top three run defenses last week in the Buffalo Bills. Now, I'm not suggesting any of your listeners or any of my listeners were benching or considering benching Derrick Henry, but let's just step back. How many fantasy owners sometimes don't play a player because they're going up against a tough run defense? I think fantasy matchups are very overrated and overvalued. I'm not saying they're totally irrelevant. But instead of looking at who the opponent of a player is you're putting in the lineup, why don't you look more at your own player and his pattern of how often he touches the ball, where he touches the ball, how productive he is, rather than what the opponent might do against him. You know, a lot of these TV shows that I watch, and I enjoy all of them, NFL Network, ESPN2, Fantasy Football Now, they talk a lot about each week's fantasy matchup. They got a lot of time to fill. I think it's a time filler and not very relevant. 
I, I'm so glad you say that out loud. There is so much that people do in sports media that is just, oh, we have to fill this time, therefore we must talk randomly about some stuff. But there is really, you know, there's no value in that. Necessarily. Not no value, but oftentimes no value in that discussion. And I think that's a, that's a good point to make here, too. Uh, a tale of two wide receivers here, one of which, uh, you know, drafts, People might have been bearish on because of some comments he made, and now people get that he's really effective. There's another one, though, that people still may not get right now that he's a top 25 wideout. If you could explain that. Sure. In running my fantasy drafts, uh, every time someone drafted Jamar Chase, I I got a little chill based on how he couldn't catch the ball in the preseason, what his reasoning was. It was a risky pick, and it's paid off. Um, in my scoring settings, he's wide receiver four. I already mentioned the three names who are ahead of him. He's averaging over 20 yards per reception. Obviously has a tremendous connection with Joe Burrow in just going for big plays. There's actually one other receiver in my top 25 scoring settings who averages over 20 yards per catch. And He's not rostered in 40% of Yahoo leagues as of last night. It's Henry Ruggs. And, you know, the Raiders' fantasy patterns have been maddening even before Gruden's resignation. So then we waited for the first post-Gruden play call game to see what's going on. Derek Carr still hit Henry Ruggs for not one, but two receptions of 40-plus yards. Uh, Ruggs is actually averaging more yards per catch then Jamar Chase, I'm not saying he's more productive in fantasy, but the explosive plays are there, uh, even though he only has two touchdowns and only seven fewer receptions overall than Chase. I picked up rugs this week. I'm playing this week. Not rostered in almost 40% of Yahoo leagues, Henry Ruggs. Uh, we got to run, but uh, real quick on the way out here, 20 seconds, uh, Khalil Herbert, thing or not a thing? Yeah, I like when you ask me this. It's a thing. Pick 217 in the 2021 NFL Draft has touched the ball 39 times the last two weeks. Here's what I invite people to do. Just watch him on YouTube or somewhere run five plays. You'll see speed, decisiveness, and strength. I think he's going to stick around. Todd Wright, everybody. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Gil. The great Todd Wright. We'll come back. Baseball with Mark Borchard next. Vison. A numbers game, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. 
Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Sign up today at BetMGM and enjoy the thrill of victory on your very first bet. The King of Sportsbooks welcomes you to Showtime with the lock of the year. Simply place a $10 money line wager on either Denver or Cleveland. If either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets. It's not that simple, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet to take advantage of the offer. Enjoy football like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds specials, and daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app. Or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if either Denver or Cleveland scores a touchdown. With a total of 41, that is no lock, especially with all the injuries. New customer offer, paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer. Not available in Nevada. Skill Alexander, Jeffrey Parlay is here as well. Um, Megapod today after the show. I uh, speed down the uh, 15, go over to the D. Mikey Palm is there waiting for me. Todd Wishnev on the big screen from his mom's cork attic. By the way, someone uh, got really upset with me yesterday or last week. He's like, why do you keep telling us he's in the cork attic? We don't know where he is. Uh, we don't Oh, we don't need to know where he is. He's like, sorry, buddy. Uh, anyways, his mom's cork attic, as I mentioned, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And then we have a rotating guest today. It is uh, VSIN host James Salinas, former Super Contest winner James Salinas. To give his uh, football insights, we're going to try. Week seven is tough, man. We get, we got to come up with three picks on the Megapod. We got to come up with five in these contests. How are we going to come up with five Circa con- contest plays this week? Good lord! Someone was really angry at your Some, description of, of not the dis- uh, not attic. the not the description. They were just upset that I felt the need to tell them where he was. Like it's well, I, odd, it's ridiculous, very odd, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this man's at an undisclosed location. How about that? Uh, I won't tell you where he is. He's somewhere in the desert. Ladies and gentlemen, at BaseWinner, BaseWinner.com, the BaseWinner podcast. It's BaseWinner himself, Mark Borchard. How you doing, Mark? Yo, I'm doing great. You know, the your your intro to your to your podcast, your mega podcast, made me think about Vegas runner bingo last week. And I, I thought that <laughs> that was really fun. But the one that you didn't have was, you got to get the best line available. Yeah, available. That's... That's right. That's VR so was good. on last week. 
By the way, that show has spawned so many things, right? Plinko, there, uh, what is it? Uh, the stool presidente uses sprinkle me now. That came from the beating the book podcast. It's amazing how, uh, you know, the, the number of things that have emanated from that show, man, we're super proud of it uh, through the years. The OG of uh, football podcast, and we're uh, moving on again today with James Salinas, so we're excited about that. Let me let me just start the baseball segment with this, because I've said this number number of times, and I always give credit to who who is the originator of it, which people don't with sprinkle me by the way. Uh, but that's the, the stats by Lopez, who we say in the NBA when it's the postseason, the NBA postseason you know, 80% of favorites get through series. And that makes sense intuitively. It's the NBA. It's a very top-heavy league, and you don't see huge upsets in the NBA postseason. For it to happen in hockey, that 80% of favorites would get through series in the postseason in hockey, you would literally have to play best of 51s. Not best of fives, not best of sevens, best of 51s. This is from Stats by Lopez. Now in baseball, for 80% of favorites... To get through, you have to play best of 75s. That's from Stats by Lopez. And so think about that now as we look through that uh, through that prism at the 2021 MLB postseason. And we have the 107-win Giants and the 106-win Dodgers. And that's how the cookie has crumbled. The Giants gone at the hands of the Dodgers, and now the Dodgers on the brink. Your Braves plus one and a half has already cashed. Not graded yet. I get it. The money's not in your account yet, but that's already a winner. Interestingly, the Red Sox at plus one and a half, that might be the one that doesn't get there. Let's go to the Dodgers first. You said it perfectly last time. If you're going to be the Tampa Bay Rays, do it all year. Uh, Don't just show up in the postseason and do it. And I guess my follow-up to this, uh, Mark, is why? Why did Davey Roberts and the Dodgers feel the need to play the postseason the way that they have? Yeah, and it's a really good question, Gil, because if you look at their three core starters, uh, uh, Urias and Bueller and Scherzer, I mean, these guys are elite pitchers. There's no reason to kind of screw around with with those three guys. Now, if you want to play bullpen day, do it one time, but give these guys normal rest. Let them be them. Let them be them. And I, I just I don't agree with it. I think it was just way too cute. And it was like you said, it was really unnecessary, Gil. Really unnecessary, and not, and again, not armchair quarterbacking in the case of the Dodgers, because it really was, even at the time when they put in Scherzer, you know, to what he re- jogged out for that ninth inning, and I'm like, uh, he, and again, he wasn't good. I'll say it one last time. He wasn't good. And Wilmer Flores on one-two pitches this year had a 1.66 OPS. That If he didn't get the help of that, swinging stri- of that check swing being called a swinging strike, there's no telling. We don't know how it would have gone. So the Dodgers got away with that. But he probably spoiled Scherzer for game two. That whole thing where he kept Urias in for the, you know, we brought him in for the eighth inning in game two. He was terrible. Urias was so fried last night, and Roberts just kept him in. And now you just, you have this situation where you get freed against the bullpen. Will Roberts get the blowback that he deserves on this? Well, I hope so, because I don't think it, it's the right thing to do. And and I don't know. And if it is the right thing to do, you know, maybe sabermetrically it makes sense. But you got to you got to have these guys do it all year. And, and, yes. you know, as, and I don't, I don't think you just, you just switch them around. And then, and especially when you have like, I mean, Scherzer, arguably the best pitcher in the league, give him the normal rest, let him go. He, maybe he can go eight innings and, and, and be Max Scherzer. You know, it's crazy. 
All right. So, what do you do with this game today? Do we have? Do we have? We know it's freed, but we don't have a. Do we have a Dodgers opener yet? I don't think we do. Uh, but right I now, think we, what they're going to do, Gil, is they're going to go with a bullpen day. So yeah. I, I kind of have that handicapped. I I've got it at minus one twelve for the Dodgers. I think there's a little bit of value with the Braves, but I'm going to pass on it. You know, I'm happy with winning the series with, with my bet, and I. I'd like to see the Dodgers come back. I, I don't see it happening. I've got a, about a 16% chance for them to win the series. That would be plus 525. So really, even with the adjusted series price, I don't think that there's any value, maybe a little bit of value on the Braves, but not much. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, however, if you look at how good the, the Dodgers bullpen's been, you know, maybe you do a, just a full-on bullpen day. Maybe they, they can get it done, Gil. Maybe. They're going to have to. they got to win, not just today, to stave off elimination, but three in a row to stave off elimination at the hands of the Atlanta Braves, up 3-1 to in this series. Um, One more question here. There are some folks who want to bet the NLCS MVP market. And uh, someone on Twitter yesterday, correctly so, by the way, was like, hey, you were just talking about all the Dodgers, you know, primarily. Hey, Bellinger at 16-1 to with that with that grand, with that, excuse me, with that three-run homer, which I called, you know, oh, the seismic shift of Bellinger hitting that home run. If the Dodgers do end up winning, I mean, that's the that's the moment that changed the postseason. But I and, totally agree with you on yeah. that, Gil. I mean, you're thinking, gosh, with the with my Braves bet plus one and a half, I'm thinking, gosh, maybe this play is not that great because that was just an incredible comeback and all the momentum. And if you look at if you look at Bellinger's OPS, OPS, one thousand seventeen in this series. I mean, if the Dodgers say, I'm going to get 1,017 from Cody Bellinger, they got to be feeling pretty good about that going into the series. So. Yeah, I mean, in the end, it might just stave off a sweep. Who knows, right? But the question is, if you're now you're thinking, okay, I want to bet a Brave, an Atlanta Brave for NLCS, I mean, who is it? Is it Rosario? Is it Magic? It has to be. It has it to has be, to right? Be 1690 OPS. I mean, even it, I mean, Gosh, even if it goes another three games, I don't see what Freeman's at 951, but, you know, he struck out the first seven at-bats that he had. So I think it's got to be Rosario at this point. You seen a number on Rosario right now? We're efforting that right now. Uh, Austin I, Austin Riley was the Braves' short shot before the last game, but I don't I, I think it has to be, right? One of those two guys. got to be Rosario at this point. I, I think imagine. so. You know, when I was watching his last at-bat, I was hoping that ball would stay in so he he could get the cycle. I, I was really surprising. It's only happened one time in postseason baseball. I, yeah. I was like, when I saw that stat, I was like, oh, his oh, that's just going to be his second cycle, Rosario's second cycle. But it's only happened. Brock Holt got it, and so I was I was hoping the thing would stay in the park and he'd get the cycle. Jordan Alvarez was a triple away from a cycle, but at Fenway and Jordan Alvarez, that was not very likely. Jeff, you have a number on yes, Rosario. Yes, in, uh, in in a direct competitor to uh, DraftKings is where I. Found a number right now. Eddie Rosario's minus one seventy-five. Oh right well, well, we're not we're not clever. So the number is probably about right. Where is Matzik on that? Is he on there? Uh yes, eighty-five to one. Yeah, so it's not gonna be him. Interesting. Yeah, I just I I think that you. I mean, that's a that's a heavy price to pay, but that's yeah. Everybody's thinking the same thing. Yep, know? everybody is. But minus one seventy-five, maybe not the worst bet. Uh, real quick, do you have anything on? Uh, do we even have a line for for Game Six yet? I don't think we do. But uh, do you give the Red Sox, like, would you play Red Sox series price down three to two, or would you stay off? What What is a series price? Adjusted series price on the Red Sox is a, let's see here, it's, well, the, 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 here's the thing, the Astros are minus 110 to win it all now. Uh, we have the adjusted series price on the Dodgers at plus 350, but adjusted series on the Astros, excuse me, on the Red Sox, 
don't we're, we're, we don't have we couldn't call it up, huh? We do. I yeah. think I think I saw plus, it like plus, plus three seventy five. Plus three seventy five. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think they've got about a twenty five percent chance to win it. Plus three hundred, maybe a little bit of value. I think they got about a 50-50 chance to win each game. All so right, Mark. Five percent chance over. Enjoy. Thank you so much. Coming back, Thanks. Crackman, Vison, the Sports Betting Network. Sign up today at BetMGM and enjoy the thrill of victory on your very first bet. The King of Sportsbooks welcomes you to Showtime with the lock of the year. Simply place a $10 money line wager on either Denver or Cleveland. If either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet to take advantage of this special offer. Enjoy football like never before with BetMGM live betting options, boosted odds specials, and daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if either Denver or Cleveland scores a touchdown. New customer offer paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers to analyze every angle of every game so you can make the most informed wagering decisions. The VSIN approach is simple. The more you know as a sports better, the better chance you have to succeed. We cover every sport from the better's perspective, and we bring that excitement, 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 and we. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.